Alhamdulillah <laughs> وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لسان يفقه قولي درشي بالله Respected brothers Respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home. In our last session of Dars Hadith we touched on how careful Amirul Mu'mineen Khalifa Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an was with his family members making sure that no luxury <coughs> none so ever any type of extravagance must filter into his family members as a Khalifa he was very meticulous very careful and in some cases the family members would even argue and it was justified for them to take that item as a gift which was gifted to them but Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab would intervene and would deprive them. Scholars have mentioned that he was the Khalifa. All the family members were under him. He wanted to set a very high standard for all the Khulafa, all the leaders that were to come after him. Even those that were appointed governors by Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, he did not want the family members to take advantage of the citizens. There was a time when the envoy of the Roman emperor came to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an for the purpose of da'wah. The wife of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, she borrowed one dinar from someone her friend and she bought perfume with that one dinar she put that perfume in a in a bottle and she gave it with the khuddam the maids that were there to the envoy the roman envoy that came and she said give this as a gift to the wife of the roman emperor this is a gift from the wife of Amir al-Mu'minin Umar ibn al-Khattab Now this was done for da'wah purpose only Something good She had no money She had to borrow one dinar She bought a perfume And wanted to give it as a gift To the wife of the Roman emperor The Roman emperor When he received the envoy This item was given as a gift to the wife In return what the wife did 
the Roman Empress she emptied the bottle of the perfume and filled it up with gems she filled it up with gems and gave it to someone to return it back as a gift to the wife of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala koi aapka sauda aisa hua hai kisi ka no mashallah subhanallah now when that bottle is presented to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala's wife which is filled with gems she puts that bottle on the bedding of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala everything must be approved by the husband first and this is alhamdulillah the system in Islam Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala when he came he picked up the bottle and he said what's this and she explained that I gifted a perfume to the wife of the emperor and in return this is what I received Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala put his hands around the head of the wife and said you are someone very close to me you are someone very dear to me give this to me give this to me and she agreed Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala took that item to the market and sold it he gave that one dinar back to the wife, the capital, the item that you borrowed, gave it back to the wife, and the rest of the profit, he returned it to the state treasury. Allah. These were leaders. When it came to his family members, he was very, very strict. Otherwise, genuinely, what was wrong in someone gifting the family members of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala but he wanted to set an example, a standard which was very very difficult in fact at times Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala would say to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala that you have made life very difficult for the khulafa who are to be your successors your standard is very very difficult the level of taqwa was very high Allahu Akbar Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala's character was very open for the people very conspicuous nothing was hidden even the Muslims knew him and even the non-Muslims knew him the Romans knew him the Persians knew him the Mushrikeen knew him they knew that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was a just ruler that is what they knew and anything what he said was nothing but the truth. That is why Muhaddisin have mentioned that all of the companions were Siddiqeen. What was it? Siddiqeen. Though the famous title is given to Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq. Scholars have mentioned every Sahabi has the status of being Siddiq. And that is the highest level after Nabuwat. The highest level after Nabuwat is the status of a Siddiq. So all the companions were Siddiqeen. And the leaders of all the Siddiqeen, from the time of Adam alayhi salam until the end of this Ummah, the leader of all the Siddiqeen is Siddiq Akbar, who is Hazrat Abu Bakr, Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. That is why the daughter Hazrat Aisha even gets this title of Siddiqah from the father. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran has described the mother of Hazrat Isa alayhi salatu wassalam as Siddiqah. 
وَأُمُّهُ صِدِّيقًا Allah says وَأُمُّهُ صِدِّيقًا And the mother of Isa alayhi salatu wa salam she was a siddiqa كَانَ يَأْكُلَانِ الطَّعَامِ أُنْزُرْ كَيْفَ نُبَيِّنُ لَهُمُ الْآيَاتِ This verse is in the Quran Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab was very very truthful People knew that if a Muslim makes a promise or if you give him something as a trust nothing will be breached everything will be intact he will not break his promise and the Muslims were known for that especially Amirul Mu'mineen Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an, and some of the historians have mentioned it is because of their truthfulness that they would never falsify anything sometimes the disbelievers would take advantage because of that Hormuzun was the king of Persia in the time of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar made an agreement with the people of Persia that they are not to side with anyone that is to attack the Muslim empire and even Persia Persian empire was very big Persian empire was to be with the Muslims it will not attack the Muslims now Hormuzun was under a truce agreement was written but he breached every agreement that was written he not only attacked the Muslims he sided with the people who attacked the Muslims and the Muslim Empire in fact Hormuzun himself had killed many of the companions of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so there was this natural hatred for this man Hormuzun Subhanallah, in the time of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an, when the Muslim army touched different parts of the world, the Muslim army got very close to his palace and he was out for a walk and the Muslims captured him. Allahu Akbar, it was breaking news. Hormuzun is under the control of the Muslims. Hormuzun is with the Muslims. Now instructions was given by Amir al-Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab in Madinatul Munawwara that if you capture the leaders you have to bring them back as prisoners to Madinatul Munawwara and Hormuzun was caught uh, his hands were tied up and he was brought to Madinatul Munawwara he had never seen Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab he's heard of this man a great man a just ruler uh, a very powerful Muslim king whose name is Umar ibn al-Khattab when he comes to Madinatul Munawwara for the first time he looks at Umar ibn al-Khattab a simple man very simple no bodyguards and he's saying this man is your leader Umar and he said yes this is our leader and they pushed him in front of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Alhamdulillah Muslims have learned this from Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam they would never mistreat the prisoners never ever Alhamdulillah. When you look at the seerah, the prisoners were treated very well. In fact, a lot of the prisoners during the time of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the time of Khulafai Rashidin embraced Islam because of their good character. Subhanallah. I went to the university and there was this subject that what, what has Islam given to women? And I said, well look at Yvonne Ridley. She was the journalist for Daily Express captured by the Taliban who are supposed to be backward people and fundamentalists and terrorists and you name it everything every evil is with them 
and she is captured by the Taliban. Eventually, when she was freed, what would you expect? You'd expect her to hate the Muslims for capturing her. On the contrary, what happens? She comes out from captivity and she says, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ajeeb. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Statistics show today the amount of uh, inmates that are embracing Islam, prisoners today. Go to the prisoners, uh, go to the prison and you'll see. They are alone, they have time to think and subhanallah, many many of these prisoners are becoming Muslims. Drug addicts, alcoholics, there is no sukoon for them, sukoon is only in Islam. So this man is captured and brought in front of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an declares in front of him all of his actions and says to him that this is what you have done, this is what you have done, you have killed this Sahabi, this Sahabi, this Sahabi, and now I am going to pass my decision. What is my decision? You will be executed. You will be executed. Allah give Jannah to Saddam Hussein by Hamara kya. They didn't even give him time to recite the Kalima, the Shias. He said, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad. And when he said to Muhammad, down, the trigger was down. We are not to judge no one. We are not to judge no one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will do the judging. Allah is the, the one who judges. We judge no one. Whatever he has done, it is with him. But if anyone says, La ilaha illallah Muhammadu Rasulullah, for us, he is a Muslim. During the time of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Muslims were confronting kuffar. Kuffar. And in jihad, one of the kafir disbeliever, uh, his sword fell down, and I, I don't even recall the Sahabi. The Sahabi had his sword, and this disbeliever in front of uh, this Muslim Mujahid, great Sahabi, he said, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Now obviously the Mujahid thought that he is reciting the Kalima now because of the sword. If he wanted to become a Muslim, he should have become a Muslim long time ago. And this is cited in the, in the Sahih Ahadith. Imam Muslim and Imam, Imam Bukhari have mentioned this. And he stabbed that uh, disbeliever and eventually he died. When he died, this information was given to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was making of source. And he said, what face will you show on the day of Qiyamah? When this man will stand in front of Allah and he will say that Allah, I said, la ilaha illallah and he killed me. Allah The words of the hadith, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, you judge did you see his heart, how sincere he was? Who are you? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is apprehending a sahabi. Who are you? How can you say that he read the kalima in fear of your sword? How do you know? How do you know he read in fear of your sword? How do you know that the time he has spent in prison, he probably has repented to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of his wrongdoings? So we are not to judge no one. And this is, subhanAllah, the beautiful examples in Sharia, in Sharia. No offense, no offense. But the truth is, there is a fundamental difference between Sunnism and Shiism. 
There is no such thing as there is no difference. That is jahiliya. These are illiterate people. Subhanallah alazim. We don't sell our religion like what the Quran speaks of uh, of the previous communities that came that they would give the wrong fatwa for the money that was given to them. And eventually what happens? We have no uh, we haven't even got the original manuscripts of the previous scriptures. Subhanallah So Islam is Islam. Whatever Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said it is haq and we have to follow the sharia. Hurmuzun comes along and he says you want to execute me? Fine. But I want to say a few words. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala looked at him and said say what you want to say. They were never mistreated. The prisoners were never mistreated. He was a clever man. He said well my mouth is very dry. Can you give me a glass of water? Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala said give this man a glass of water. Hurmuzun, the king of Persia. He's got a glass of water and he puts it close to his mouth and he said he takes the glass out and he said I fear, I am scared that before I finish drinking the water given to me maybe some of your men, your companions will behead me, execute me because they hate me they want to take revenge Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and being an Arab well versed in the Arabic language the words that he used the fuqaha have mentioned he said la ba's takallam la ba's takallam don't fear speak la ba's la ba's takallam it is my guarantee until you don't finish drinking your water given to you nothing will happen to you nothing will happen to you now, this man was a very clever man he knew umar radiyallahu ta'ala an was a just leader what he spoke what he said is what he meant and he said to the people with a, with a glass of water in his hand. Can you imagine all of you here that Hurmuzun has been given amnesty, he's been pardoned. You people can't do anything to me because you're Muslims. And he threw the glass of water on the ground and it spilled. Hazrat Umar ta'ala was surprised. He says, Hurmuz, what are you doing? He says, well, you have pardoned me. You said you will not do anything to me until I finish drinking. I don't want to drink this water. And you can't kill me. You've pardoned me. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala was shocked. Straight away, the shura, the senior companions, now doing mashwara, consulting each other. And some of the senior companions said to Umar ibn al-Khattab that the phrase that you used is the phrase when we pardon someone. La ba'as. La ba'as means to pardon someone. La ba'as means to pardon someone. You said la ba'as to him. And la ba'as means to pardon him. Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an said to him, Hormuz, you are right as Muslims, we will not break the honor and trust that you have. If you feel that I have given you amnesty and that you have spilt the water on the ground you are free to walk and none of the Muslim army no one from the Muslim army will pursue you you are free to go wherever you want to go scholars have mentioned that he walked a few steps and he came back running in front of Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab pleading to him and declaring the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah and he said to Umar ibn al-Khattab 
that it is only a religion like Islam that produces the likes of Amr ibn al-Khattab that produces the likes of your great companions consultation, shura is taking place subhanallah, a man who assassinated and killed companions, sahabai kiram ajma'een he is in Madinatul Munawwara freedom is given to him by one ishara by the finger going up of Amr ibn al-Khattab none should touch him you are free to walk wherever you want to go you can go back to Persia, nothing will happen to you Allahu Akbar, he becomes a Muslim and this is how Islam entered into Persia and it made inroads. Therefore we see Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and made uh, even his governors who were from Persia, Fairuz. Fairuz was one of his governors. Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and was a just man. This is how Islam entered into the different parts of the world. Another great quality of Umar ibn al-Khattab was that he was also a family man. He was a great father. He had the crown of Khilafat on his head. He did the job of Khulafa and making sure that everything in the Islamic Khilafat is functioning well and true with the justice system of Quran and Hadith. And he also gave time to his children, to his family members. It is said that once Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in the masjid, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam put a question forward to the companions. Senior sahaba was sitting in front of Rasulullah and you had the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab sitting at the back. Abdullah ibn Umar. Abdullah ibn Umar was sitting at the back. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam was talking to them and was describing to them that there is one tree in Arabia that resembles a human being. Ek darakht hai ke jo insan ki tarah. There is one tree that resembles the human being. Does anyone here know which tree I am referring to? Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is posing a question. Now some of the Bedouins and the Arabs that, was, that were there, they were saying that tree in the desert, that tree in the desert. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying, no, not this tree, not this tree. Many trees. But the tree was in front of them. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala knew the answer. When the companions didn't know. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave the answer and he said, Oh my sahaba, I am referring to the tree that you are huh, well acquainted to, which is the date tree. You know the date tree? Khajur ka darakht. That is like insan, the human being. Hazrat Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala came to his father, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and he says, Oh my dear father, you know what? I knew the answer. I knew for sure it is the day tree that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is referring to. But because of the senior companions that were there, I was shy, out of respect, I did not answer. And Umar radiallahu ta'ala and got very angry with his son Abdullah. Abdullah, you are shy at the wrong time. <laughs> you are shy at the wrong time. Now this is, subhanallah, father doing tarbiyah of his son. He wanted to infuse confidence in a child that look, when someone senior is asking you a question, even if the senior people don't know it is a question, it is a general question, feel free to answer. If you had answered uh, the question, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa would have given you a dua. 
Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would have taken you to be an intelligent person. You would have been closer to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Amr ibn al-Khattab is rebuking and getting angry with his son and saying, Abdullah, how can you miss this opportunity? Abdullah, how can you miss this opportunity? This is father crying for his son. Opportunity comes to you, don't waste it. And this is how parents should be, the father and mother, that at times uh, we should allow the children to speak out. At times we should let them take out what is inside them. The child might be a genius. Might be a genius. And if you suppress the child, you are taking away his confidence. Amr ibn al-Khattab is showing the ummah that allow the child to speak out at the right time, of course. When there are senior people, there is uh, discipline and how you speak out. And it is good for the child to intermingle with people who are much older than him in age, so that he becomes mature. Yesterday somebody was saying to me that uh, Latifa, a joke, there was one child, never mind being two-faced, he, was, he had many faces. Never mind having two-faced, but he had many, many faces. A young, young boy. Many faces. And he was born a liar. Born a liar. Did you do it? No, 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 I didn't do it. No, I didn't. Now the mother is getting angry. Kabar ni. What, what will you do when you grow up? Huh? Who will you become? Who will you become? The father is saying to the wife, Look, don't shout at my son. My son is born a politician. <laughs> my son is born a... These are the qualities of a politician. He's not two faces, many, many faces. He's got many faces. And he is a liar. What else do you want? Uh, he's a born politician. So why are you shouting at my son? So you need children like them also. He's a born politician. So you get all sorts of children, all types of children. But here's an Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and he's saying to his son, what are you doing? Subhanallah. He took time out for his children. Mother, father. These, were, these are great, great people who influence the child. It is not the ustaz, it is the father and mother. Everybody knows the story uh, when Hazrat Amr ibn al-Khattab was in his night patrols and passing by a house, mother and daughter are talking. Mother is saying to the daughter that why don't you dilute water with the milk that we have. Their business was that they would sell milk. So she is saying put more water so that we have more milk. We don't have to sell pure milk. Put, dilute it and mix it with water. Now the daughter is saying, Mother, you know, vehemently, Umar ibn al-Khattab has forbade us from this. The mother is saying, Huh? Where is Umar ibn al-Khattab? Where is the Khalifa? Is he looking at you here? Umar ibn al-Khattab is at the back listening to the conversation, mother and father. He was the Amir, he was the Khalifa. Subhanallah, what a daughter she was. What a muttaqiyah she was. She was a siddiqa. She says to the mother, Mother, Amr ibn al-Khattab is not there, but the Allah of Amr ibn al-Khattab is watching us. Fa'ayn Allah? Where is Allah? Her words touched the heart of Amr ibn al-Khattab. Amr ibn al-Khattab became so happy. He went home and he said to his wife, I have found the right daughter-in-law. I have found the right girl for my son Asim. For my son Asim, I have found the right girl. Allah has opened the doors for me. This is who he was. He cared for his children. The next day, he said to Asim, Asim, his son, I have found the right girl for you. 
She is a lady who is Allah conscious. She is a lady who is Allah conscious. So come. And Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab makes a proposal for his son. And that old lady, subhanallah, she is very happy that my daughter is to be the daughter-in-law of the Khalifa. Scholars have mentioned it is the union of the two, Asim and his wife, that from their progeny, Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz was born. And Umar bin Abdul Aziz is known as the second Umar of this Ummah. Allahu Akbar. So we have to really, uh, don't just uh, take in the stories uh, and just listen to it, take it in from one ear and take it out and say, MashaAllah, how great Umar ibn al-Khattab was. But there are lessons to take in from every incident that occurred in the time of Khulafai Rashidin. Every incident. Look, when you study the Quran, Luqman alayhi salam, an Abyssinian, he gives nasihat to his son, and the verses are revealed, one entire ruku, father and son, father and son talking with each other. وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِزُهُ يَا بُنَيَّ And the father is saying to his son, O oh my son, Ya Bunayya, O oh my son, La tushrik billah. First lesson father giving to his son, La tushrik billah. Remember, whatever you do, never associate partners to Allah. Look after your iman. Your iman is your key to Jannah. La tushrik billah. Inna shirk la zulmun azim. The greatest zulm. It's an enormity. Furthermore, he says to his son, now showing him how mighty Allah is. Ya Bunayya innaha intaku miskala habbatin min khardalin fatakun fi sakhratin aw fi samawati aw fi al-ardi ya'ti biha Allah. Even if there is something equivalent to the grain of a mustard seed, and if it is somewhere in the heavens or deep down in the ground, or if it is put in the middle of the rocks, Ya'ti Allah. Nothing is hidden from Allah. Allah will bring that forth. Inna Allah latifun khabir. He's saying to his son, Ya Bunayya, O my son, Aqimis Salah. Establish your Salah. Kon baap aaj bete ko kata hai, bhai namaz tumne pariyan. Aqimis Salah. Wa'amur bil ma'aruf, wanha anil munkar. Enjoin that which is good and forbid that which is evil. Wasbir ala ma'asabak and on my son, if any difficulty comes to you, be patient, persevere. Wasbir ala ma'asabak, inna zalika min azmil umur. Wala tusa'ir, and oh my son, do not uh, lift up your cheeks uh, in mockery for the people. You get some people uh, turning away from people like that in spite and with the arrogance that they have. وَلَا تُسَعِرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ أَبْنِ غَالْ كُوْ زَاهِرْ مَتْ كَرُوْ Do not turn your cheeks in mockery for the people. وَلَا تُسَعِرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَمْشِ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا And don't walk on the face of this earth in a strutting way with arrogance. You get some people with walk head high and shoulders in front and walk like that. تَكَبُّرْ وَلَا تَمْشِ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورٍ Oh my son, don't you know, Allah does not like those who are boastful and braggadacious. Takabur wale. Oh, mashallah, this is what I did, this is what I did, this is what I did, making it news for the whole world. وَقْسِدْ فِي مَشْيِكْ And show humility in your conduct, in your character. وَقْدُدْ مِنْ سَوْتِكْ Subdue your voice. Don't scream. Don't shout. In the Ankar al-Aswati al-Sawt al-Hamir, the verse sound to Allah subhanahu wa taala is the brain of the donkey. Gadeka awaz. Allah ko pasani. The brain of the donkey. So don't shout. 
And if you study the entire page, one entire ruku, father and son, father and son, father and son, father and son. Allah give us the tawfiq, my respected brothers. One sahabi, and inshallah I end with that, Hazrat Rafi' radiallahu ta'ala an, he is the narrator, he says that when I was young, what I would do is climb over the wall uh, which belonged to the Ansar, the date farms, and I would throw stones at the date trees. Throw stones at the date trees when I was young. Do you remember that? You're probably shooting for the mangoes. Conkers. Huh? Conkers. Conkers. Eh? British Adhimi. Huh? You're British, eh? Conkers. I thought you might be going for the mango. There's no mango trees, There's no mango trees here. Uh, if you were in Africa, you probably enjoy it. So, subhanAllah, the Rafi says, when I was young, I was shooting up and shooting at the date tree so that I can benefit from some of the dates. One day, some of the Ansari Sahaba ambushed me. They were hiding. And they grabbed hold of me and I was young. And they said, ah, now we show you. And they got hold of me. I was very young and someone had me, gripped me by the head. And they took me straight to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now this is a very important incident. How are we going to train our children? A case is taken to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, a child who is young. And the companions, Ansari Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, this boy has been giving us a lot of trouble. You see all the dates on the ground here. It's the doing of this young boy here. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him, Fine, let him go, I will talk to him. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said to him, Boy, boy, why do you do this? What is the reason for you to throw stones at the date trees? The trees that don't belong to you. Date trees don't belong to you. So why are you throwing stones? Scholars have mentioned that if a child does anything wrong, before the father starts beating him up, that's child abuse, huh? Somebody might be listening. <laughs> and punishing him and doing all sorts of things. Tell him, and this, that, oh Allah Akbar. This is not the right method. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying, always question him first. Take time, ask him, why are you doing this? Why did you do this? Subhanallah, what great lessons for us to learn. And so Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is asking the child very calmly, my son, why are you doing this? What is the reason? What is the reason? And the boy said, Rasul, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I do it so that I can eat some of the dates, sweet dates that are visible to me. And I'm doing it for my stomach. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, okay, you're doing it for your stomach. Second discipline, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is showing the child an alternative. And this is what we need to do. If the child has got wrong habits, obviously you have to do his Islam, explain to him that what you are doing is wrong, as Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam has uh, has done in this incident. But Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam also shows him a halal alternative, and this is what we need to show the children: a halal alternative. 
He has a habit. It's going to be difficult for him to leave that. Show him a halal alternative. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, My son, I understand you are hungry and you are shooting, you throwing stones because you want to eat some dates. These date trees don't belong to you. These are date trees that belong to our Ansari companions. You can eat the dates that are on the floor, on the ground. So when you feel hungry, eat the dates that are on the ground. Dates are dry, so it is fine for you to pick it up, clean it and eat it. But don't throw stones. You see how Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is providing the solution also. Is showing him an alternative. Scholars have mentioned this is what we need to do. If the child is something wrong, then find an alternative. Think about it. What can I give him? How do I discipline my child? Find an alternative. And then finally Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam touched the head of that child and said to him, My son, let me make dua for you. My son, let me make dua for you. And he made dua, Oh Allah, satiate his hunger and his thirst. Allah satiate his hunger and his thirst. Allah fill his stomach. Allah fill his stomach. And this dua was given to him whilst all the companions were listening and even the child was listening. And this is what the father needs to do. Someone senior needs to do. The teacher needs to do. Someone who has that power, the one who is in authority to be calm, to be in control, and even to make dua for the child, and the child must hear the, the words of dua that the father is giving, that will bond the love between father and child, mother and child, ustaz and student. This is the method. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين. الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين